Isn't it wonderful to know that everything we need can be found in Jesus? That just, I praise the Lord for that. For those who don't know, my name, my name is Jeff Horseman. That I am uh, uh, with the Crossroads Church Planting over in Marion. And also, a little over 13 years ago, I was on staff here at First Missionary to be sent out to Portland to plant the Rock Church. And just a little over a year ago, God was calling me to make that move from the Rock to Marion to continue in church planting and start a uh, hub of church planting there. A little bit of an update on that. As I had mentioned last time I was here, that our goal is that we are making disciples who make disciples in order to start small groups. And then we want to grow the small groups so that we can start worship services and then grow that into more worship services, more churches. And right now we have two small groups that are, are uh, uh, meeting regularly, and uh, we're just praising God for that and praying for uh, continued growth and outreach with those small groups. So I really appreciate your prayers and uh, uh, your concern as you lift us up as we continue the work in Marion. And one of the things God has called me to, to do in the same time frame is continue my schooling, going back to school, working on a, a doctorate of ministry in church planting. And I had the great privilege of being able to go to Asbury a few weeks ago for two weeks for my summer residency in church planting. And I got to stay in a house with five, uh, four other guys, five of us in the house, who are all church planters. And I just wanted to share these guys with you. We stayed at the Pleasant View home, which was a whole lot nicer than staying in a dormitory. That uh, uh, These are the guys that, that I stayed with. This is Tio Baraki on the uh, far left. He is planting churches in the villages of... Uh, he's from South Africa, but he's planting churches in all of the South of Africa, not just South Africa, but in, in many countries there. And this is John Ryberg, that he is from Alabama, and he has uh, started a home church, house church network in Alabama, and he's on a mission trip, just left yesterday, so pray for him. The third one is uh, uh, Patrick Damati. Patrick is from India, and he is planting churches through meeting social needs and uh, he has a ministry that feeds up to 300 children every day, two meals a day, where they would only be getting one meal at their, uh, at their home with their family, and that's all they would have if it wasn't for this ministry, and then he's planting churches out of that. And the fourth guy is C.J. Tillinghast, and C.J. is from Texas, and he is planting cowboy churches in Texas, where they are connecting with those who are involved in rodeos and other things and also ranching. He also raises horses as well. And, uh, and then there's me rounding out the five from the house. So we had a great time staying in the house together and we shared all the duties of, it was like being back in, in basic training sometimes. We were sharing cleaning duties and, and cooking duties and all that. But towards the end, we had the great honor that we invited our professors and the rest of our class of church planters over for breakfast at our house. And we had a great time with that, that uh, uh, I, I really love breakfast. And uh, how many people love breakfast? Any breakfast eaters, a number? I personally think that breakfast is one of the three most important meals of the day. <laughs> And I love breakfast and I don't miss it. Linda will tell you probably 50% of the time that we go to Cracker Barrel, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, I'm getting breakfast. And we had all sorts of breakfast. We had eggs and bacon and I made 
biscuits and gravy and fruit. We had just had a great time. And uh, uh, believe it or not, we actually got to class on time after all of this. But it didn't matter because this guy in the right-hand corner stuffing his face with bacon, that was, uh, that's uh, one of my professors, uh, Dr. Collier, and he was having a good time. He also complimented me on my sausage gravy, which was a big deal to me because he's from Mississippi, and he said, this is as good as I get in the South, so I took pride in that. We had, we had a great time. It was a great time of hospitality. And so I got to thinking, you know, there are many times in the Bible where Jesus was a recipient of great hospitality. In fact... He was a recipient of hospitality so much that it sometimes became a problem for people. In Luke chapter 5, verse 33, it says, One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly. And so the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? You see, <coughs> Jesus and his disciples went to weddings and they went to parties and they enjoyed meals at other people's homes. Now, could you imagine today, as we finish service, that uh, imagine that Jesus is coming over to your house today for Sunday dinner. Today, right after service, he's going to come to your house for Sunday dinner. Would you freak out or what? I mean, would you be thinking, okay, is my house clean? Did my dogs, my, Linda just told me that our dogs came in with muddy paws after as she came, and, uh, and so there's mud in the kitchen and, and places. Oh no, I gotta get my house clean before he comes. And where is grandma's good china? What in the world will I serve Jesus? He's not going to eat bacon. <laughs> yeah, I knew that'd take a moment for you to get that joke, but... Uh, um, but this is basically what happened to a lady named Martha in the Bible. And, and her story is found in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 40. And so let me read this with you. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So she came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, I can just hear him. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So as we have this story, we have the, table, the place set for us that Martha is having Jesus over for dinner and she is freaking out. There is so much to be done, so many preparations to be made. I imagine she's running around like a chicken with her head cut off, that she's stressed out about this and that and she's looking all around for her sister Mary. And where is Mary, by the way? Why is she not freaking out alongside of me and trying to get all of this stuff done and make it perfect for Jesus and the disciples? And then she sees Mary. And do you know where Mary is? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She is chilling out while Martha is working. Has that ever happened to you, by the way? 
Have you ever been doing so many things and you kind of think that you're never going to get it all done and just about that time you see someone else who could be helping you, by the way, but you see them just chilling and relaxing, enjoying themselves, maybe watching some TV while you're slaving away? Well, that's kind of what went through Martha's mind at the moment. And I kind of think at that moment Martha lost her mind. I think she probably started knocking stuff around and slamming things down and, and grumbling and under her breath. And then finally, I think she just had it. And I think, personally, I think she wanted to shame Mary into coming to help her. So what does she do? She doesn't go yell at Mary. No, she goes to Jesus. And she says, Jesus, would you tell Mary to get off her duff and come and help me out? And I imagine she thought at that time that that would fix Mary's little red wagon and she'd get herself in there to help her and that Jesus would order her to get busy. But instead, the exact opposite happens. Jesus said, Martha, why are you so distracted? Mary is actually doing a better thing. Wow. I bet Martha didn't see that one coming. And you know, really, if we're honest, and if this would be the first time that we've heard this story, I think we didn't think things would go that way either, did we? Martha is doing all the work and Mary is chilling out. We probably think that she should get up and help too. But I think as we look at this interaction, Jesus teaches us something about distractions and priorities. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about that today. So the first thing we see is that we notice that Martha was overwhelmed by distractions. Martha is overwhelmed by distractions. Luke tells us that Martha was distracted by all the preparations. There were so many things for her to do. She was worried about her guests. She's probably worried about the food that she's going to serve. Where are all these people going to sleep? And on top of all that, the rabbi, the teacher, Jesus was there. So much to do, so much to do. So little time and so much to do. So she's rushing all around, going in circles, trying to make sure all these preparations are perfect. But I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that Martha was so focused on all the preparations that she was distracted away from the reason she was preparing. Why was Martha doing all of this work? Why was she making all of these preparations? Jesus was coming to her house, right? And, and, and as she's working and doing all of this stuff, guess what? Jesus is already at her house. Jesus is right there. Martha was working so much for Jesus that she failed to spend time with Jesus. She was in danger of missing out on Jesus. You know, I think that there are times that we can get so overwhelmed by distractions that we can miss Jesus too. Martha was so distracted by these many things that she missed out on her time with Jesus. And it's easy for us to get distracted by so many different things that we too are in danger of missing our time with Jesus. 
One of the things that we can get so distracted by is our schedules. We can get so distracted by our schedules that we miss spending time with Jesus. Our lives are so busy that we have to have a, a calendar app and, and a, a reminder app on our phones to make sure that we get to everything that we're supposed to do. And I got to tell you, this is the truth, that this morning I had a reminder go off that I was to come and preach here at First Missionary Church. And I thought, oh, that's great. I'm glad that I'm already on the way. But as I'm preaching on my iPad, the reminder pops back up because I didn't dismiss it. I hit snooze, I guess. And it popped back up in the middle of the screen, says, uh, visit First Missionary Church today. I'm like, oh, I'm already there. And, uh, but, you know, to be real honest, sometimes I have so much going on that if I didn't have a notification pop up, I might miss something. I might forget to show up at something that I was supposed to have on my schedule. Anybody else like that? Anybody else have that many things going on? And, you know, I can get so focused on my schedule that I get distracted. And the truth is that our schedules often distract us from spending time with Jesus. We cram so much into our day that we don't leave time for Jesus. I mean, most of us have to set an alarm to wake up in the morning because we don't get enough sleep the way it is. And the alarm wakes us up in just enough time to, to get prepared and get ready and to rush out the door for work or to take the kids to school or whatever is first on our schedule. And then as we're going into our job and we're working, we finally get a lunch break. And during our lunch break, we're returning texts that people sent to us or we're running out to the store for something or, you know, heaven forbid that we're actually eating lunch lunch in there somewhere. And then when we get out of work, we go pick up the kids from school. We have appointments that we have to be at. We have sporting events. We have after school activities. And then, oh, by the way, we figure out that we're almost late to have dinner. So we're like, what are we going to make for dinner? And if it gets too late, we decide we're just going to drive through McDonald's on the way home and check out the nutritional value and pretend that it's good for us. And then pray, Lord, do something with these French fries because I know they're not any good for us. But, uh, and then we get home and, oh, by the the way, America's Got Talent starts at 8 o'clock on, on Monday nights, and we can't miss that. And then by the time it's over, we're ready to just crash down in bed and do it all over again. You see, we can get so distracted by the things that we put on our schedule that we fail to spend time with Jesus. Did you notice in that whole tirade that I had, there was nothing about spending time with Jesus? We can also get so distracted by people that we miss spending time with Jesus. I think Martha got so worried about Mary that she went to complain to Jesus about Mary instead of spending time with Jesus instead. And I think we also can get so worried about what other people are doing that we miss spending time with Jesus ourselves. I know I get concerned for my mother. My mother has uh, some health issues, and I get concerned how she's doing and want to go down and see her, and I don't get to do that nearly enough. And I know that the last few weeks I got really distracted because we were having these contractors come and put up a fence for us, and I wanted to make sure that they were on the job and doing the job and getting it done on time, and that didn't happen. And, uh, and I had to be so concerned with what they were doing that, so they could get the job done and get finished. And, uh, and then I have to admit I have to admit to you, and my wife would say that this happens too often. I say it happens sometimes, 
but she would say that too often I'm concerned with the way other people are driving around me. Well, I'm not actually concerned about how well they're driving. I'm concerned about how poorly they're driving. And if I'm really honest, I'm concerned about how slow they're driving and that they are in my way. And uh, the point of me saying all of that is that we let other people get in the way of spending time with Jesus. By the way, I mentioned that about me driving in my car and getting worried about what other people are doing because I often use that as focused prayer time when I'm driving alone. And if I get worried about someone else, I'm not doing that. You see, we, we let all these other people get in the way of us spending time with Jesus. It may be because we feel the need to answer the text or post a comment on someone's Facebook post or, or other people impose their schedule upon us, but we often get distracted by people, including our friends and family, and we fail to spend time with Jesus. And believe it or not, we can get so distracted working for Jesus that we fail time to spend with Jesus. And we don't even recognize the difference. You see, Mary was doing things for Jesus all along, but she did not spend any time with Jesus. And this may sound crazy, but we think that, we're, that what we are doing for Jesus equals spending time with Jesus. And it does not. And as a pastor, I can be the worst at this. And just, just thinking of Sunday mornings. I mean, preparing a message to be able to present to everyone, to share God's word together and, and, and getting everything together and looking at that and, and bringing it to you. That's one piece. And then, I mean, it takes time to look this good for you guys. <laughs> it didn't just happen overnight. I mean, it just, it, it takes time. And I put care into that for you guys. And, uh, and, and generally... Pastors get come to church on Sunday morning and they're worried about everything else. They're worried about making sure the doors are all unlocked, that the temperature is correct, whether it's the air conditioner or heater or whatever. And they want to make sure that the, the service uh, order of service is all laid out, the bulletins are all set up, and that whoever is going to be on the platform or doing whatever, whether it's AV or wherever, that they're all in place and they know what they're doing. And I'm really glad that Mike is the one who had to worry about that today and that I didn't have to deal with any of that. But I say all of that to say that we can get so distracted in doing things for Jesus that we fail to spend time with him. Sometimes we're working so hard for God that we miss the presence of God. And it reminded me of verses from 1 Kings 8, verse 8 through 11. And it says, when the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priest could not continue their service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. And I want you to notice something. We, we read that and we're like, oh, it's so cool. The presence of the Lord came pouring out of the temple. But what are the priests doing? They're trying to continue their work. They're trying to continue what they're doing, and the presence of God is getting in the way. You see, they failed to be in awe of the presence of God, and they were more focused on what they were supposed to do for God instead of spending time with him. 
Likewise, we can get so busy in the church serving as teachers and musicians and AV and ushers and, and everything else that we miss the presence of Jesus in our lives. And we end up being like Martha. But then we look at Mary. And initially, we might think that Mary was being lazy or she was shirking her duties, but I don't think that was the case on this day. Jesus said Mary had chosen what was better. And what is the better thing that Mary chose? Mary chose to make time with Jesus a priority in her life. A priority is defined as regarding or treating something as more important. When Mary was spending time with Jesus, she made that a priority. She was choosing to spend time with Jesus, saying that was more important than other things. She could have succumbed to the pressures of her sister and, and went out and helped with things. She could have done a number of different things. But she made spending time with Jesus a priority. Friends, the only way we will spend time with Jesus on a regular basis is if we make it a priority. It must be important to us. In fact, we must decide that spending time with Jesus is more important than other things. That means we need to give it first place or the important place in our lives. So how can we do that? Now, I'm not sure. I'm, matter of fact, I'm sure many of you have heard different things that you can do for that. Um, but I want to propose something that maybe you haven't heard. Some of you may have. Maybe you haven't. But what would it be like if we were to tithe our time to Jesus? What would it be like if we were to tithe our time to Jesus? Do you know what I mean? You know, a tithe is actually defined as one-tenth or 10%. Now, we tithe our finances to God, and we give a tenth, at least a tenth, of our paycheck to him. And to tithe our time to Jesus would mean that we would give him the first 10% or the prime, the important 10% of our day. That means that we would dedicate between two and two and a half hours a day to spending time with Jesus. Whether that's the first part of your day or a portion of your time, a couple different times of the day, but it is specifically dedicating 10% of your day to spending time with Jesus. That would be making Jesus a priority. And it is amazing to me that we can spend time with Jesus anytime we want. Jesus has said, I will be with you always. Mary and Martha only had a limited time to spend, and she was spending it doing all of these things. But Jesus has promised he's always with us. We can plan out time with Jesus. So I'm going to give you just two ways that you can choose to spend that time with Jesus. First, we can spend time with Jesus in dedicated prayer. Spend time with Jesus in dedicated prayer. Matthew 6, 6 says, But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. 
You see, prayer is conversation with God. It's conversation with Jesus. It is spending specific time with Jesus. It's developing your relationship with him. The Apostle Paul, of course, said we should pray always and all occasions about everything. And I think that's important that we should. Throughout our day, when something happens or we're making a decision, we should give prayer to that. But I also believe we need to do as Jesus said to do. Go away in private for focused time of prayer with God. I think the movie The War Room really hits the nail on the head with this, that we, we need to have a focused time of prayer, not only to just lay out our request to God, but also to spend time listening to God. I think that is awesome for us. And I want to challenge you to spend at least an hour in focused prayer each day and see if your relationship with God does not grow. See how intentionally spending time at the feet of Jesus, see how it will change your life. And I'm not trying to be overdramatic there. I'm not trying to overstate that. I had someone from the first service come up and say, you did not overstate that, that God had challenged him a number of years ago to tithe his time, and it made all the difference in his life. And it changed his relationship with God, and it made it more intimate on a deep level. It's not about doing something to check off the block. It's about building that relationship with God. Are you willing to sit at the feet of Jesus in prayer for an hour a day? Will you make it a priority to spend that time with Jesus? Now, a second thing that we can do to spend time with Jesus is in devoted Bible reading. You can spend time with Jesus in devoted Bible reading. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In order to spend time with Jesus, we really need to spend time in God's Word. Spending time in Scripture is like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to His words being spoken. Hiding God's Word in our heart means that we're making it a priority to hear God's Word, to read it, to know what it has to say, to study God's Word, to meditate on it, to know its meaning in our lives. I was at a conference uh, last year on discipleship, and there were five noted uh, uh, leaders in discipleship at the conference. And at the end of this particular session, the, the uh, leader of the panel went to each five of the panelists and asked them, what is, the, what is the number one thing that you would have your people do in order to grow closer to God and to be stronger as a disciple? And... I think he expected them all to have something a little different to say, their own little emphasis on what we need to do. But write down the list. Spend daily time in God's Word. Read God's Word daily. Meditate on what the Scriptures have to say. All five of them said, read God's Word daily. It is that important. Having a regular plan to read God's Word is so important. And you can do it with a partner that you can text with them. I text with two guys, and we, the things that we do on the scriptures that we read, we list one new thing we might have learned, something that impacted us, and a practical application that we can apply to, to, from that scripture. 
and we email or we text that to each other. And you might be thinking, well, I don't know where to start. I just found in your, in your bulletin here, there's a spot that says Bible readings, that you can start in that spot and to do Bible readings right from those. There's seven of them. That makes a whole week. And so you could engage in those Bible readings and that you can apply God's word to your life. You see, that's what this scripture means when it says that I might not sin against you. It's that we spend time in God's word and recognize how it will affect our lives and it affects our daily lives. We need to make sure that we make spending time with Jesus and his word a priority in our lives. Friends, I want to tell you that Jesus said Mary chose the better thing. She chose the thing that really matters. And that is spending time with Jesus. Spending time at the feet of Jesus. That's developing a relationship with our Savior. It is making it a priority. Saying that it is important, more important, to spend that time with Jesus. So today I want to challenge you to make it a priority. I challenge you to make it a priority to spend that time at the feet of Jesus. I ask if you would to join me in tithing your time each day to God, to spending two to two and a half hours each day in prayer and Bible reading. And you know, some people say, well, yeah, that's not possible. Well, I worked on it this week just to see if it was possible. And I saw that there are times when I could really miss it and I could let things distract me from it. I had a headache yesterday so bad that it distracted me from a lot of things. But my goal is to have at least an hour in the morning of prayer time and to spend an hour in God's word and then to have family devotions. Now, I admitted to the first group, Linda and I need to work on the time together in God's word. But we need to tie that time to God. So I challenge you to do it as well. And again, one of your fellow uh, first burn people here told me after service that it has made all the difference in his life, changed his relationship with Jesus. And I, I think I could go on the limb and guarantee you that doing that will change your life. And if you say, wow, I just don't have the time, guess what? You have the time to do what you make a priority in your life, what you make to be important, the better thing according to Jesus. In fact, the only thing that is needed for us is to spend time with him. It'll affect your whole life, your abundant life now, and prepare you for eternal life. Will you commit to spend time at the feet of Jesus each day? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we do pause before you and we want to give you all the thanks and praise. We thank you that your word says that you are with us always. We don't have to wait for you to come to dinner with us, that your presence is here for us, that you are with us always in all things. And Lord, it is amazing that we can spend time with you, that we can sit at your feet just like Mary did. But we have a choice to make. We can be like Martha and be distracted by many things, or we can be like Mary, 
and make spending time with you a priority in our lives. Lord, we ask for your hand of grace to be upon us. We ask for your reminder to be with us this week that we can spend that time with you in devoted prayer and in dedicated Bible reading. We just ask for you to be with us in that, Lord. And let us not be discouraged if we fail to do that on one day, but to take that step the next day and that you are still there with us. Help us, Lord, to make it a priority to sit at your feet and then apply your words to our daily life. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.